Welcome to another edition of Real Talk with Real People, a candid conversation with Dr. Caroline Bethia Jones. I am Dr. Caroline Bethia Jones, your host for this broadcast. And today my guest is musician Alvin Jones Sr., but he goes by AJ to his friends. So welcome, AJ, to the show. How are you? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, you know, during this COVID invasion. We're all handling things, I think, very nicely. I'm doing good. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, first I want to say thank you for allowing me to interview you. And um, before I get into any questions, uh, I believe that my audience would like to know a little bit more about you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you are here today? Well... By day, I'm a classic utility worker. I've been working for 39 years with the company. But by night, equally as long, I've always had my hand dabbled in music. I uh, started out as a listener, as everyone did. Then I started DJing. And then I became a musician where I started to play drums, keyboards, to the point where I had my own band for 10 years and played in a bunch of other bands during that process. But one of the things I've always done is written my own music. And for some strange reason, over the course of my life, I never released it. And I finally, with this COVID happening and shutting us inside, I uh, started changing the way I was working. I started really pulling these things out and fleshing them out. And I said, this is the perfect opportunity for me to drop my own project. So here I am. So how long have you been making music? <laughs> Does stuff like this count? Wow. <laughs> I've been doing that since I was a kid. Okay, well, how, how long would you say that you've been actually um, considering yourself a musician and actually putting out, not even putting out, but just forming music in your own way? For how long? I would say, honestly, I, I would have to look probably when I started DJing. So I got serious about DJing in 1979, my senior year of high school. Uh, right around that time when classic hip-hop kicked off. I should say classic, the birth of hip-hop. Mm. Wasn't classic yet, it's classic now. But uh, have an opportunity, have access to uh, records and turntables and mics and cassette decks was that first foray where I got an opportunity to stop listening to those folks who were doing it and started being able to create my own stuff even though I was using their material. Okay, so um, in terms of how long, over 10 years, over 20 years, over 30 years, over 40 years, well, over 50 years? Seeing that my birthday, I'll be 60, Okay. And 79, I, I was just about getting ready to turn 20, I'd say 40 years. Okay, all right, that's a long time, okay? So you've been making music for um, well over 40 years, we'll say, so why did you decide to put out this body of music at this particular time in your life? Well, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, a, it's a couple things. It's number one, like I've always, you know, done my own thing and I've dropped them here and there to friends so they could hear it. And responses are varied. Had a couple projects that were like awesome. Had a couple projects that really sucked. And when your friends tell you they suck, you kind of go, <laughs> y'all know what you're talking about. My music is good. <laughs> All right. But uh, at this particular time, as I said, I, I just, you know, I, I, my band, we, we, I did our last show July of 2019 after a 10-year run, so we took a hiatus, and uh, now I had all this free time on my own. One of the funny things is that being in a band, we were a cover band, so we never did our own original music. My son is my music director, and he's been releasing his own music 
for years. He probably got about 10, 15 CDs out on mm -hmm. his own mm -hmm. that he's released. And he kept saying to me, Dad, you need to release your project. Dad, you need to release your Dad. So part of this is a tribute to him because he saw how it was working. And I'm one of them old school guys having come up the old way. Mm -hmm. And he keeps dragging me into this new way of working, the way folks work today using uh, audio files. I come from the MIDI world and live instrumentation. And he really showed me I could take the best of all those worlds, blend it together, and do the thing I love to do. Mm -hmm. So a, a big part of this is him uh, kind of pushing me down that road. And it was the perfect storm. When COVID hit, uh, buying a couple pieces of new gear, really taking these songs, fleshing them out, going back and grabbing a couple mm -hmm. of songs that I love, adding a couple of new things that I created. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 2020 became that perfect storm for me to go ahead and release this project. Okay, is this a special project or is this the first of many? It's, it's special because obviously it's the first. Anytime right. it's the first of something, it's special. But uh, if I drop this and I like it, and I, I, I don't even need a, a good reception from the rest of the world. It's that kind of self-gratification for yourself, mm -hmm. knowing that you have a voice inside of you that has been screaming to get out. And finally, let's let that voice get out and let it do what it do. So once I drop this first one, my plan is uh, probably by June of 2021, I'll drop mm -hmm. a second project just to uh, keep that uh, energy and excitement going. Okay, great. Now, the music business has changed in, in the last 40 years. <laughs> so, has the music business become harder to get into, or is it relatively easier? What it's, are your opinions? That, that's a double-edged sword. So, let me answer it this way. It has gotten easier from, mm -hmm. the, from where I sit as a musician, because back in the old days, when you needed to get yourself out there, you had to uh, get your following together, you had to get your material together, then you had to go to a label, you had to be signed to a label in order for your product to be distributed. Mm -hmm. And then this wonderful thing came along called the internet. Mm -hmm. And when the internet came along, not only did the internet come along, but technology started changing so rapidly that um, I started out with eight tracks. I remember listening to my parents' eight tracks. My favorite eight track was Parliament Funkadelic. I can't even believe this thing was on the eight track, mm -hmm. okay? Then when the cassette world came along, well, actually, let me back up, because it was always vinyl. Vinyl was always king. So you had vinyl, you had albums, you had 45s. Then the 8-track made it portable because you could not carry your vinyl with you. When they put 8-track in the car, that was the best thing that ever happened. All of a sudden, cassettes came along. Cassettes took the outdated 8-track, put it into a much more common, compact package to the point where they came up with the Walkman mm -hmm. where you could carry your music with you. That's right. So that's the, the technology going along. And then all of a sudden, the CD revolution hit. And when CD came, it was the perfect thing because when you made a cassette, uh, every time you made a copy of it, and over the years, that cassette would degrade. Mm -hmm. But if you made a CD, that CD sound as good 10 years later as it did when you made it, and it was an exact digital uh, representation mm -hmm. of the product you did. And then here comes the next wave, which is MP3 and you know all these digital files, and right. that's next level. And the best thing about that is when you had to carry your uh, CD Walkman with you, you had to carry that unit, and you had to carry a box of CDs with right, you. Right, okay? right. Now with your digital files, when you're a, a personal cell phone, you can carry as many uh, songs as you choose to. You're sitting in my studio, look at all the CDs I have. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can take my whole collection, um, 
clip it to my phone and walk around and take it everywhere I want to go. Mm -hmm. And it, it's perfect. It never changes. Exactly. Now, with all this new innovation happening all around us, if you could change anything about the industry, what would it be? Wow, that's a simple question for me. And this is the thing that breaks my heart more than anything. Uh, the arts in general, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we have to live, we have to survive, you know, we mm -hmm. don't eat, you know, we don't do the work that we do. Uh, we just can't sustain ourselves. But there's this thing called the arts. And what the arts does for the human race is it has this amazing, incredible ability to uplift mankind. Mm -hmm. And what you see now is because we're such a microwavable society, the, 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 I'm trying to find that word, it's, it's the value, I guess, is, is one of the best words for it. Right. People don't value the artists like they used to value the artists. Back in the day, if Stevie Wonder rolled through your town, Aretha Franklin, you know what I mean? Any of the big rock guys, when they rolled through your town, man, it was a, it was a huge thing. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. now today, because people, they don't even want to pay you for your work. They want your friend to buy the CD. They buy the CD for $10. They make a copy of it and they give it right, to you. Right, right. So you cut the artist out of that revenue stream that would sustain them. Right. So now you're taking the art and you're devaluing the art because you don't value the artist. Right. I wish we would go back to valuing the artist. Okay. And I don't just mean the music. I I'm talking about, you know, uh, a writing. I'm talking about right. any of those things where you have to be creative to make it happen. Right, all the mediums. Yeah, man. That's, that breaks my heart. But you know what? It won't stop me from being a musician because that's what I love to do. Okay. Who are your musical influences? Why don't Ooh. you share that with us? How much time we got? Well, we, we have a bit of time, so, you know. <laughs> Let me tell you, first and foremost, all my friends will tell you, hands down, without question, it's Prince. No, nobody has put a stamp on me the way Prince has. And I say that with a lot of love because people expect that I would then, in turn, be a clone of Prince. Right. And that's not what it is. The reason I admire Prince, as much as I admire Prince for his musical aplomb, and the man truly was a genius. Mm -hmm. We throw that word around lightly, but there is no throwing around when you talk. If you don't believe me, go Google Prince and yeah. click on the first video clip you see, and I guarantee it'll knock your socks off. That's how much, yeah. uh, how prolific this man was. Yeah. But it wasn't his music that, that, that's the first thing that grabbed me, because that's the very first thing I heard. And the very first thing I heard was, uh, I want to be your lover. And it was his second uh, album at that time. Mm -hmm. I heard that song, and I was like, Okay, I kind of like this. And uh, next thing you know, uh, it blew up, it, it came out, you know, and people started paying attention to him. But there was a song on that record called Sexy Dancer. Mm -hmm. When I heard Sexy Dancer, I lost my mind. It was funky, it was tight. The I Want to Be a Lover was pop. This thing was funky, funky. Mm -hmm. And I said, who is this? And they said it was Prince. I was like, no, nah, it, it can't be that same guy. I ran to the record store, I brought that record. And let me tell you, I came home, put it on, loved it so much. I wore that thing out like over three weeks. I mm -hmm. ran back to the record store and I said, hey man, does this guy got anything else out? Mm -hmm. And then I got Prince's first album. And from that day forward, I was a bona fide Prince fan. Okay. But the reason I say I love him is, is the music, of course, is amazing, but it's, it's his vision as an artist. It's, it's the way he delivered his product. It's the vision he had for himself as a human being. Mm -hmm. uh, he built Paisley Park. A lot of artists take their money, smoke it up, you know, do all this in incredible stuff. Uh, he built a complex where he literally did not need the record label because he could do everything. 
He could record, he could compose, he could shoot his own videos there, mm -hmm. he could do a movie there, he had a sound stage. Mm -hmm. He truly, truly uh, saw beyond just being an artist. Mm -hmm. And he also was a benefactor to a lot of uh, artists coming up because when he had his fight with his label and the things he went through, he didn't want artists to have to go through what he went through. So a lot of artists he mentored on the side, he donated a lot of money to a lot of special projects that he didn't want people to know about. And only in his death did you hear all the things that he did. So his music was just amazing. But when you peel back all the layers and look at the man himself, I love who the man was. So it's more than music with me when it okay. comes to Prince. So he's my favorite artist. I can see down, that. Okay? Yes, yes. But I grew up on all the funk bands. Mm -hmm. I, you know, George Clinton needs to get a... Uh, George Clinton should never have to work a day in his life. George Clinton should be, you know, propped up like the Pope, you know, like the president, <laughs> because George Clinton revolutionized an industry. Mm -hmm. James Brown was the architect of funk, and other people will dispute that because they'll say funk came in, you know, people before James. Mm -hmm. But when I talk about these people, these are the people who, when you say their name, you immediately identify them with a style and what they brought to the table. Right. James Brown did that. Mm -hmm. And what George Clinton did is he heard James. And he snatched Bootsy from James, mm -hmm. and he took that thing, and he put it on steroids, and then he added all these incredible elements to it. And George Clinton is just an amazing person in my life, because all those funk bands that came out in the, the early 70s up through the 80s, I loved all of them. Pleasure, Cameo, mm -hmm. oh God, Brass Construction, you know, we could go on and on naming all these amazing right, bands. Right, right. And then when you talk about a band that to me is just... If you ever aspire to be a band, you want to be Earth, Wind & Fire. Okay. Earth, Wind & Fire had wrote some of the most amazing music in the history of music. The vision that Maurice White had for that camp that he put together, a couple of his brothers and some people that he got together, the mm -hmm. vision, his, his whole, uh, uh, you know, using the symbolisms and making sure that when he delivered a stage show, let's put it to you this way. You didn't ever want to follow Earth, Wind & Fire. Mm -hmm. You wanted to go on before them. Because if you went on after them, the people was leaving with earth and fire. Right. They were smoking everybody. And uh, a little bit of everything. I love rock music. I love classical music. Uh, I, I, I got influences and idols across the whole spectrum of music. Mm -hmm. But those are the folks I, I love the most. And then as a musician, uh, as a drummer, mm -hmm. uh, my favorite drummer is a, is a man named Dave Weckl. Mm -hmm. I discovered him through Chick Corea. And Dave is still out there doing his thing. He probably released 10, 12 of his own CDs, and I got every single one of them, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. Because he, he is just amazing. I, I just love instrumental fusion music, and I got that directly from the jazz world. Mm -hmm. And the jazz icon for me, which is I'm quite sure for millions of other folks, is Miles Davis. Miles Davis is the man who I walked through the jazz door through, and he kicked it open for me, and he got me to appreciate this art form. Prior to me really discovering Miles, jazz mm -hmm. was that old fogey, old-timey music. I wasn't trying to feel that. And the first time I heard of Miles Kind of Blue, that album changed my whole jazz, my whole view of the jazz world okay. and opened me up to all the, the cats that I love today. All right, all right. So are you a full-time musician? Uh, full-time in my mind. <laughs> but uh, no, I do my day job by day, but I'm always tinkering. I, every day I come home, it's rare that I can go uh, in a week three days without coming down into my studio. Okay, so my, my question, the reason why I ask that is, how do you balance your music with other obligations, you know, such as your job, your wife, your children, you know, and other things that go on in your life? How do you, how do you balance? Well, it, it is easy, and it's easy for one simple reason. 
because you know you got to do your job for eight hours. So that's a given. Mm -hmm. One of the gifts that happened with the COVID was <laughs> they select, uh, select few of us come home and work from home. Mm -hmm. So I strategically put my work PC down in my music studio <laughs> okay. so I can work and do music at okay. the same all time. Okay, all right, all right, all right. That's the best of both worlds. And then when it comes to my own family, uh, you know, everybody's family will tell you that everybody's family is the greatest, bestest family you ever wanted to have in the world. Mm -hmm. But I can say this truly about my family, which I don't think is true about a lot of other families. The one thing about my family is thank God we are all creative. All of us have our own different lanes. Mm -hmm. My daughter's the dance girl. She's the fitness girl. She's got her own hiking thing. Mm -hmm. and she just got married and moved on. My son is a musician like me, played in the band with me, but mm -hmm. he never stopped doing his own stuff, okay? Mm -hmm. My wife is that classic, you know, literary, you know, playwright, you know, theologist, you know, uh, PhD, you know, so she's got her own thing. So what is beautiful about that is when you have folks that are that creative, you don't have the needy folks, mm -hmm. okay? The folks that kind of drain your energy and take that away from you, the folks that are needy, they cling to you, they pull you down, they stop you from doing your thing. So in this family, basically we tap into one of the other ones mm -hmm. when we need them to help with the project. Right, 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 it's right. like, hey, you know, I need, can you come here and drop these vocals in here? Oh, you know what, I need you to write lyrics for this, you know? Mm -hmm. Yo, Junior, mm -hmm. can you come put some keys on this? So we have that wonderful symbiotic relationship where we kind of help each other when we need each other. And then when we have that downtime, when, when we're off that creative training, mm -hmm. we do get a chance to sit down. And if you ever want to have some great times, we need to put the mics up one day and just have a family discussion and just hear the, the topics and the things that we talk about. Mm -hmm. We can talk about the silliest thing from a commercial on TV, clear on up to world events that are going on and, mm -hmm. and talk about it with depth and, and incredibleness. Right. So we're going to talk about your music a little bit. So how would you describe the music that you typically create? And when you answer that question, we're going to, we're going to roll into you telling us a little bit about your project that you have out right now. Well, one thing you'll notice about me, if you ever watch me play drums, you'll just look, you'll hear four bars of music, and you'll be like, yo, this is a funky drummer. Mm -hmm. you know, okay? Funk is just, that's, that's my calling card. So when you listen to my own original stuff, it is probably funk driven first. Mm -hmm. And when I say funk, that means it has a, a, usually a pop and drum beat. Mm -hmm. It has this tight bass line to it. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, it's gotta be rhythmic and syncopated. So that's usually where I start from. Mm -hmm. And usually the way I create music, most time I usually come up with a drum groove, add a bass line to it, then I start adding chords and all the pretty stuff. And usually for me, the words come last. Mm -hmm. Every once in a while, the words will come first, which is shocking because I tend to have to hear it, you know, hear the music before I can drop the words inside of it. So if, the, if I had to describe myself in, in a, you know, as in, in a genre, I would be an R&B funk based uh, artist. Oh, okay. So I, I have a copy of your album. And um, so we're going to go over each of the songs. I love the titles of each of them. So tell me a little bit about The King Is Here. Uh, I had to put this song on here because this is one of the oldest songs that I've had. Mm -hmm. And when the world of sampling came along, I was a musical snob, a musical purist. I was like, why these guys sampling music? Why they can't make their own music? You know, I was one of them haters like that mm -hmm. until I realized that, uh, you know, when James Brown was towards the end of his career and, you know, he wasn't doing like he did back when he was the king. And when one of these hip-hop guys sampled his record and James got these massive checks, mm -hmm. I said, you know what? This sampling thing ain't so bad. <laughs> if you want to sample my stuff, go ahead. Mm -hmm. So what I did on this song called The King Is Here, 
my son is 33 today, mm -hmm. and I believe he was about seven when I recorded this song. And I basically uh, sampled his voice, my voice, mm -hmm. and uh, the title is The King is Here, and you'll hear things in there like The King is Here, Where's the King, mm -hmm. Your Majesty. And I basically wanted him to understand that even as a young man, that we come from royalty. Mm -hmm. And so when you're saying the king is here, that means when he walks in the room, when I walk in the room, we're kings. Okay. And you hear your majesty, your majesty. And it's a simple sample-based groove, but it's kind of tight and funky. And I just felt it was perfect to open that up because that was a doorway to the past to help pull me through and work my way up to the future. Okay, nice, nice. Okay, number two, I'm lonely. That sounds Ooh. a little, uh, yes. uh, you know. Well, the song is called I'm Lonely. All that I needed in parentheses. I like songs that have parentheses. Okay. And uh, I, I just the the concept came to me. I, basically, it's almost like I, I see the story. And one of the things I'm not good at is I need to learn to play the characters in my songs. Mm -hmm. uh, my son, when he does his music, he does that very well. Prince obviously was the king of that. Michael Jackson mm -hmm. also. And so I, I really felt that song. It resonated with me. So when I wrote it, it's probably the newest song on the project. Mm -hmm. I. Uh, I really liked it. I actually shot a quasi video just to see what I look like trying to perform it. And mm -hmm. I flat out loved it. I thought it was like super cool. Okay, all right. And so I basically put those elements together. And the reason I really fleshed this song out was because I was trying to work on all the vocal pieces that were going on. I got some mm -hmm. ad libs going through. I got a couple things happening in the back. And it was just a way for me to really, uh, I like to say I'm a musician first. I'm not a singer. Mm -hmm. And it kind of forced me to step up front and okay. take on those roles as a singer. Okay. So uh, uh, although I don't consider myself a singer, that's a song I think my voice sounds really good on okay. because it fits that groove perfectly. All right, All right then. Um, number three, The Melancholy Way. Oh, man. This <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it from the sense of, you know, it's just like the title says, The Melancholy Way. It's not like a love thing. It's not like a funk thing. It's not, it's this trippy, ethereal mm -hmm. kind of, you know, it's just these off lyrics and, mm -hmm. you know, just this kind of spacious, almost interlude you know, type thing that I turned into a whole song. It's just, I love it because it's off the beaten track. Oh, okay. All right, then. Number four, Mystery Lady. Oh, that no. sounds like that might be a little bit of... I love that song. This, this is a song where, if you know the artist uh, Michelle Indigayocello, mm -hmm. one of the things she does amazingly is she will... Uh, rap the voices, the vocals, and mm -hmm. not really rap, but she'll speak the vo verses, mm -hmm. and then she'll sing the choruses. So this is one of the first songs where I tried to cop that style, mm -hmm. where you you do exactly that. And uh, then I wanted to weave the story around, you know, being a mystery lady. Like, mm -hmm. the, you know, it's, it's a story of infidelity, it's got a woman, mm -hmm. this is the mystery lady, and that's how the story weaves its way along. And uh, I really just, the groove is super heavy. The lyrics and just the music is just, it's, it's intense. It really is intense. Okay. And it's probably one of my favorite songs. I, I oh, really okay. have to tell you. I've had it for a minute, and it's one of my favorite tracks. Okay, then. All right. Number five, Long Distance Lover. Ooh, it's another throwback that I reach back for. And uh, the line behind this story is, 
uh, my neighbor across the street was in a long distance relationship mm -hmm. and you know she used to come hang out with us and she was just you know talking about all the things about the relationship and how difficult it was mm -hmm, mm -hmm. unbeknownst to her I was sitting there and I was literally writing down all the things she was saying <laughs> right, right. and so she left and you know I started tinkering with some music and mm -hmm. you know next thing you know I literally wrote the whole song okay. I, I wrote the song basically based on what she said to me all right. and uh, it's one of my early songs so you hear those kind of old school drum beats to it and uh, <laughs> I actually was impressed when I first cut the song because it's like the first time like I really sang my own type ballad if mm -hmm, you will mm -hmm. and uh, I was a little surprised of, of how it came out so it's got a couple twists in it I think it'll engage the listener. Okay I'm looking forward to hearing that. Number six we have that kind of love. Oh man you know I, I thought I should have might even close with that because that is to me what Prince is uh, Purple Rain movie is to him. Mm -hmm. It's it's the autobiographical, autobiographical. That's the way you should say that. Yes, mm -hmm. I do have a public school education. I okay, now. <laughs> but uh, it is literally, if you want to know about me, all you have to do is put the headphones on, mm -hmm. listen to that song, and read those lyrics. Okay. That story, it, it talks about my mother, my father, talks about my, my relationship with my own family, my mm -hmm. wife and kids, and, mm -hmm. and it just weaves that story of, of who I am and how did I become who I am mm -hmm. and the glue that held it all together was because we had that kind of love oh, okay. and that's the, the theme that weaves through that song and it's got that cool refrain that I hope that will people be walking around singing when they see me I want people to be like scoop 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 doo -doo -doo. okay <laughs> okay and, and um, there's only seven songs on um, on this um, CD um, number seven is Mo Flow. Tell us a little bit about that. And I love bands that do vocals and instrumentals. So one of my favorite bands that does that is Incognito. Mm -hmm. They have this amazing way of delivering these amazing vocal tracks. And then within the same record, they'll deliver three or four amazing instrumentals. Mm -hmm. All the funk bands used to do that back in the day, especially a band like Pleasure. They would drop with these incredible vocals. Then they would drop a nice uh, instrumental mass production, did it on a couple of their albums. So uh, I wanted to pay tribute to those bands that did stuff like that. And uh, Mo Flow is just a, it's a classic funk workout. It's got a lot of parts happening. Uh, I tend to be busy. I'm one of them people, you know, I'm throw, the, throw everything into the kitchen sink. You know, okay. just to have a drum line and a string, you know, like a, a string section, that don't do it for me. I got to have drums, horns, basses, you know, I got to have all this stuff going. And that song, I was able to, to drop a lot of things inside of it to flesh it out. And I think it's like, it's an intense workout. Okay, great. Well, it sounds like you're really excited about um, this CD. So when does it drop? Now, in the perfect world, if all the things work the way they will, mm -hmm. it'll drop on my birthday, December 7th. Oh, Hence okay. the idea, this, the CD is called uh, Introducing the Brother AJ mm -hmm. 7, mm -hmm. because it's introducing me to the world, and it's seven songs. Mm -hmm. My birthday is December 7th, ah. so it's keeping that seven theme and locking everything home. So that's why I, I, I chose this time to truly drop this project, because okay. all the symbolisms that go along with it, and the fact that number seven is one of the most powerful numbers in our numerology system. There's so much significance to it from biblical to Egyptian mm -hmm. to just worldwide, you know. 
Yeah. So that that's the that's the energy I'm trying to you know it's almost like a, the way a hurricane comes rolling through. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to harness that energy on that day, and hopefully all those things will line up and, and they'll all work perfectly. Okay, I see that now. I see I see the seven the seven songs. Yeah, you're born on the seventh. I I get it. Yeah, man. I see it now. Let me ask you, if you could open a show for any artist, who would that be? Is that alive or dead? Well. <laughs> Um, I'm thinking future now, so um, I would think that that artist would have to be alive right now. Because clearly it would have been Prince back I'm, in the I'm day. I'm thinking that it would have been Prince back in the day. But I would tell you if I could open up, uh, I would love to open up for Mint Condition. Oh. I think Mint Condition, uh, is, is Stokely is now going solo. He's got his second project just dropped. One of the most uh, significant voices of this generation. But what that band meant to uh, all of us musicians, mm -hmm. a lot of the bands that came out, they weren't truly bands. They were mostly you know, studio people together in the background. This was a self-contained band, like back in the day, mm -hmm. to the point where they lost Kerry Lewis, who played keyboards, and ended up marrying uh, Tony Braxton. Mm -hmm. uh, they still, they just went from a six-man band down to a five-man unit and kept going. Uh, I would love to open up for them because these are real guys, real mm -hmm. musicians who are out there putting it down type real. Uh, if, if Stokely goes solo and does not return to the band, it will definitely never be the same because he was the driving force behind that band mm -hmm. uh, because it's really his lead vocals that you recognize as the sound of the band. But all of those cats, you know, Ricky and, and Odell and, you know, Jeffrey and, oh my God, I'll forget their names, but uh, all of them, they are just consummate musicians. Uh, they have written some of the best uh, songs in the history of music again. And I love those dudes dearly. And I'm so blessed that I had a chance to see them live. Mm -hmm. uh, and they did not disappoint. So I would like to open up for a, a group like that. Oh, okay. That brings me to my next question. Um, how, um, who would you like to collaborate with in the future? Wow, that's, that's a good question. I, I, I kind of have a couple things. Uh, I like the, the boom bap hip-hop producers. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you got the new generations like your Pharrells and your Kanye's. But there's a guy who I truly love who is just, he's not underrated because we, we know who he is, but his name is DJ Premier. Mm -hmm. DJ Premier created some of the most amazing hip-hop records of all time. And uh, he has this classic boom-bap sound that is just lethal. And I, I would like to do something like that because I'm not, you know, at the age I am, I'm not really a hip-hopper. Mm -hmm. Hip-hop was born in my, my lifetime. Right, I, was, right, right. I was just crossing out of my teen years into my you know adulthood. Mm -hmm. So I feel I got as much a stake in this hip-hop game as all these young kids out here that love it today. So definitely a guy like that. Uh, I also would love to work with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis because okay. these brothers, oh my God, what they did for Janet and what they did for the scores of artists they, they, they uh, have penned amazing hits with. They just, to me, their music speaks to me because it's lush. It can be tight and funky. The lyrics are always on point, mm -hmm. and the production is just flawless. Mm -hmm. So I would love to work with the brothers at Flight Time. Oh, okay, okay. Now, what is the best musical advice that you have been given? Hmm. Well, I, have to, I have to think a minute. Okay. Take okay. your time. Take yeah, your time. Because I, I got to think. Because they they came from fifty different places, and I would say the probably the best advice was I definitely didn't fit in the, the, the mainstream kind of mold. So don't be afraid to be who you are. Okay. You know, be yourself. When you see artists like Madonna, Lady Gaga, Prince, uh, this young cat, The Weeknd, 
you know, they don't fit in that, that normal kind of a bucket like other folks do. Mm -hmm. They kind of have carved out their own lane. So it's, it's okay to be yourself. It's okay, okay to be who you think you need to be. And uh, I, somebody was listening to my music and said that to me that I didn't sound like, you know, the, the mainstream people said, mm -hmm. you know, it's okay, you should be who you are because they, they look at you, me and say, well, and you know you AJ anyway, so right, right, you, you need right, to go ahead right. and be who you are. Right, right. That's, that's some good advice. Okay. So what is one message that you would give to your fans? Because I know you have fans now and I'm sure you will have fans later. So what is uh, a message that you would give to your fans? Well, I would say simply, man, listen, this, this, this is art. It's, it's Erica Badu said it perfectly. She said, I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my ish. Mm -hmm. Okay, that means you, you weren't here when we painstakingly poured over these keyboards and when we wrote these lyrics and when we were trying to put this thing together. There's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears equity mm -hmm. that goes into the work. Okay, so so appreciate me for who I am and what I'm doing and what I'm trying to do. Uh, don't don't compare me to the next person because I'm not a gifted singer. That's not my lane. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm not the world class musician. I am I'm, I'm a little bit of all those things. I'm a jack of all trades. I'm okay. engineering myself. I'm doing so. I'm wearing fifty different hats. So allow me that space to do what I do right. and just respect and appreciate me for being that and doing that. And if you want to come on board the journey, by all means, please jump on board and, and ride with me. Mm -hmm. And I promise you, you will always get my authentic self. I will never, you know, try to be something I'm not. I'm not going to, you know, chase a style. I'm, I'm going to do what comes out of me. And whether that's the best thing I've ever done, whether it's the worst thing I've ever done, at least you're going to know it's uniquely me. Right. I think that's actually very good advice. Very good advice. So what's next for you? What can we expect? Uh, well, I'm going to uh, drop this project and I'm going to take a deep breath uh, because, you know, I guess it's even like when a mother gives birth to a child. Uh, the child is, is born, but that child is not finished. That child is just mm -hmm. starting. Mm -hmm. And I feel like once this comes out, it's, it's the birth of a, the beginning of a new doorway that can open for me. Uh, whether it's uh, just continuing to write. I've always saw myself as a, like a, a songwriting producer type. Mm -hmm. I never really considered myself an artist, to be honest. You know, I probably that's another reason why it took me so long to, to do a project, because I've always felt very comfortable in the band setting, you know, especially sitting in the drum trail where you're driving the, mm -hmm. the band. Uh, I've always saw myself that way, and I always used to tease the band and say that I'm a, you better be glad I'm a drummer because I'm a front man in a drummer's body. Mm. If I was out front, I'd show you how it's done, <laughs> okay? So guess what? Now I'm gonna yeah. have to get a chance to be out front, all right? Now you're gonna be out front. <laughs> and uh, it, it would allow me to, to take some time to you know, continue working on my craft. If I have an opportunity to work with some other folks, I'm always open to that. And inspiring the next generation of youth that you can, you know, you can do and be anything you want to be. Don't wait as long as I did. Mm -hmm. So if I see a, a kid out there that's talented, that's got something, hey man, put it together and go with it. Uh, I, I'm very blessed. As a drummer, I have given away three drum sets in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I gave them away to to young kids. And to me, that's the gift. The, the gift is in the giving. Okay, right. it's 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 not of people coming to you and giving you the mm -hmm. accolades of who you are and what you do. The gift is in the giving. So even when you release your project out mm -hmm. there, that's giving. It's, it's that, that act. 
And if we could just do a little more of that and, and just be a little more conscious and spread a little more love and energy out there. You know, we got enough trials and tribulations. It's hard enough as it is. Let's try to, to, to give a little bit. You know, be a little considerate of your fellow man out there. And whatever your gift is, hey, walk in it fully and, and let it go. Beautiful. That is beautiful. Well, that's all the questions I have for you. But I'm going to open it up for you if there's anything else that maybe I missed that you would like for us to know. Well, well, I would just say, uh, you know, in, in spite of this pandemic, uh, this, this is not a time to, to close in and shrink your ranks. Uh, you ever see when the stock market crash and things go bad, that's the best time to jump in and buy. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid because uh, things have changed. That's the beauty of it. The, the change, how many Zoom shows have you seen now? Okay, mm -hmm. so it opened up a door that maybe we would have never looked at if things had stayed normal. Yeah. So this is a perfect opportunity. Work on yourself. Work on yourself. Get your skills together. I live on YouTube. I have watched so many YouTube videos over so many different things, just trying to, to, to build up my own vocabulary with anything I'm trying to do. Uh, this is a time for you to, to really look at yourself. You know, you self-promote yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to, to put yourself out there. You have some, some gifts. Put yourself out there. And uh, also this, this, this heightened uh, racial tension that's going on, and especially as a black man, you know, this, you know, I can do many things, but I can't ever, you know, take this color right, off right, and, right, and walk right. around and be invisible. And you can also get sidetracked and, 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 and discouraged by the energy, the negative energy right. that that brings with it. Uh, Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we mm -hmm. go high. Yes, now, yes. I can't promise you I'm going to do that every time. <laughs> but what I'm going to tell you is we have lived with this. We have endured this for centuries. Mm -hmm. Okay, This is nothing new. So don't let something new derail you and put you in a situation where you can't be in a position to do what you need to do. Right. Okay, get rid of that negative energy. Find that lane where you're able to keep that positive energy going, and you do that. There are people out there, you believe it or not, who've got your best interests at heart. Mm -hmm. When you run into those people, latch on to them because you will uplift each other. Yes. Okay, so that's my message. It's, it's really about you know going within yourself. Uh, reaching out to those who can help you mm -hmm. and don't be afraid and discouraged by what's going on in the world because uh, as all things do that it will pass and mm -hmm. time is the great healer and equalizer of everything yes because we're all going to check out of here one day and do you want to check out of here and say wow i didn't do any of the things i wanted to do or do you want to check out of here and they standing over your casket going man i ain't seen nobody who ever did as much stuff as this cat did <laughs> i want to be that guy okay well it was great having you here. Thank you for sharing this space with me. And I hope that you'll come back once you release your project. And I would like to hear the feedback about that. Would that be okay? Oh, no, I'm nervous. If my, <laughs> if my 10 fans out there are going to love me. <laughs> well, I'm sure they're going to love you. <laughs> no, you know me. I'll always be available, you know. And then when I get ready for drop number two, okay. uh, a little teaser just to get folks excited. So this first project was called Seven, mm -hmm. introducing the brother AJ, uh, Seven. I plan in June, on June 7th, dropping another seven songs. Okay. And the significance of that, again, it's a seven. The June 7th is Prince's birthday. Okay. So that's why me and him identify so strongly. We're both born under the sign of the seven. So are, are they going to be Prince songs? Oh, no. Okay. I'm still going to stay in that lane. <laughs> I'm still going to stay in that AJ lane okay. where you get to hear the music that's coming right. from me. So we're just going to get seven more songs dropped on the birthday of your 
musical idol. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to that. So thank you for joining me. All right. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you for joining me on Real Talk with Real People, a candid conversation with Dr. Caroline Bethia Jones. I am your host. And my guest today was Alvin Jones, a.k.a. AJ. And he is releasing a new project um, due out on December 7, 2020. And he would like for you to check it out. And he would love to hear from you. AJ, before you go, can you tell your fans how they can reach you? Oh, God, yes. Well, I'm a classic Facebooker. So you, you always can find me on Facebook. Uh, I'm, I believe this music, I'm going to go through this uh, company called DistroKid, and they will be able to place it on Spotify, mm -hmm. on iTunes, and uh, all those streaming services that folks use. Okay. And you would either find it under my name, you know, Alvin Jones Sr., or it would come up under the brother AJ. Okay. So once you get that, if you find me on Facebook, you know, I'll probably put a link there somewhere so folks can find me. That's, that's the best way you'll be able to hear it. Okay, great. That sounds good. And um, I would love to hear from you, too. So tell me your thoughts. Tell me all about what you um, heard today and what interests you. And I want you to join me in later conversations that I have. I'm Dr. Caroline Bethia Jones, and this is a candid conversation with Alvin Jones Sr. And um, I'll see you next time on Real Talk with Real People. Have a good one. Bye-bye.